What's up, everybody? Justin here, the main State of Mind podcast, back for another episode. Uh, one week late. <laughs> uh, this is the last episode of season three. Um, this is um, Bob Kuchuk, uh, who is a comic book creator, artist, writer from Maine. He has uh, a couple different comic books out there, but he's more recently known for doing a variant cover of The Last Ronin, uh, number one for IDW, a uh, comic book that's also featuring uh, Ben Bishop, also from Maine, uh, which is pretty cool. So um, talked a couple past couple weeks about to a couple main artists, create comic book creators. This is pretty cool uh, to continue on with Bob here. Uh, Bob will also be at uh, Galactic Comics and Collectibles on June 5th. Um, at 10 a.m. to about 5 or 6 p.m. signing, um, doing sketches, uh, taking photos. You can buy some of his original artwork um, and stuff like that there. Um, so if you're in the greater Bangor area and want to make the trip out there Saturday, uh, June 5th from at 10 a.m., uh, Galactic Comics, Hammond Street, Bangor. Um, so check that out for sure. If you can't, also, again, he'll be at the Bangor Comic and Toy Con in October, uh, the first weekend of October at the Bangor Mall. Uh, signing autographs and, and doing things like that as well as a convention uh, he would be doing that there so um, Bob's a great guy I uh, talked a little bit about how he got into artwork uh, how he does certain things what products he's working on currently uh, and, and much more so uh, thanks everybody for season uh, three of the podcast we are now going into season four that will be out next week uh, with Adam Morissette and myself uh, I really appreciate everybody tuning in follow us on Instagram and on Facebook like and subscribe on um, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify, and visit our website at themainstateofmind.com. Really appreciate it, everybody. Uh, enjoy this episode with Bob, um, episode number 52, um, comic book creator from Maine. Uh, thanks, everybody. How's it going, Bob? Great, Justin. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. Doing wonderful. A little tired, you know, as you uh, know, we've been tech, uh, emailing back and forth. Had a baby on uh, about two weeks ago tomorrow yeah, uh, from, from this recording. Thanks, man. Um, getting used to the sleeping schedule. It's, it's different, but uh, you know, <laughs> I was telling my dad this weekend that uh, I'm 35 and I definitely feel like there's definitely been some benefits of waiting until I was 35 to have a child. Um, but I definitely think that 20, 21, 22 year olds are more used to staying up all night. Uh, so there is a benefit on the sleep schedule for a newborn to, uh, wait, you know, do it earlier in your life than it is later in your life, but, uh, I'm getting used to it, I guess. It's <laughs> a fair call. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I usually record these podcasts once a week and, uh, it's been two weeks plus since I've recorded one and, uh, I, uh, was itching to get back. So I was able to, uh, you know, if you were able to get on here and record with me, that'd be great. And so we were able to get this put together and I'm pretty yeah, happy about that. So yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you're, are you from Maine or are you just living in Maine? Uh, yeah, I grew up mostly in Maine. Okay. I was uh, born in Keene, um, lived in Massachusetts for six years, but spent basically my entirety uh, of adult life in Maine. Um, no matter where I go to, I, I've come back to Maine because it just feels safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, Maine's awesome. I think uh, I was born in Massachusetts, born in Norburyport, and spent 10 years in Kittery went back to Massachusetts for 10 years and I've been back up in Maine, uh, up, up in the Bangor area for the rest of my life so far. Um, but Maine, Maine always calls us back. Anybody who's like from Maine or spent a number of years in Maine, Maine always calls you back. So it really does. It, it, it's, it's a fun, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's something for everybody, everything here. I mean, you know, I, the number of artists that I'm meeting, that's the funny thing. I think 
is the number of artists and comic book creators now that are like you, you're like oh they're from Maine uh it's insane <laughs> like over the years it's just over and over and over again some of these artists are getting some recognition that are actually from Maine which is pretty badass yeah a lot of big names coming from Maine now and, and it always was there like you know there was the, the Kevin Eastman's and you know Steve Levine for a while there but like some of the newer artists that are coming out are pretty cool you know I've talked to a couple of them so far and uh and I think that we'll talk to some more in the future too but I mean it's really cool to see art um artists in general coming from Maine but the comic book artist is cool because I think that's a that's a fun little thing uh that is near and dear to my heart um is comic book so meeting these people that are from Maine or at least reside in Maine uh is pretty cool it's gotta be something in the air Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you are working on a number of projects. Uh, we talked via email a little bit. Um, you've worked on things over the over the years. Um, but one thing I'd like to talk about just to start off with, just because it came out uh, recently, is number three for Last Ronin. Um, oh, yeah. you, did a, you, you did a variant for number one. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. yeah it was, how, uh, did, how, did, how did that come about? Like, how does how did you get on a <laughs> cover for, for a comp of that magnitude right now? Sheer luck. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, it was just something that I've always wanted to be able to contribute to in some way. Never really knew what channels to go through. But then when, um, when the book got delayed last summer, um, I just kind of was like, well, maybe if I make something and shop it around, people will like it and we'll see where it goes. And um, yeah, I just I came up with a rough and sent it over to Tim at One Stop Shop. And he was like, hold on one second. I know some people that would be down for this. And before I knew it, I was getting put in touch with Hanahan Comics and State of Comics. And they decided to pick up the cover. And I, I was just blown away, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> it's awesome. And that, I mean, there was, what, 100 plus covers or something like that for that uh, issue, uh, which was pretty um, crazy. Yeah, I think the first print had like 75 or almost 80 yeah. covers. And then there was a lot of second print variants too. It was a, it was a big event. It's <laughs> I was very, very fortunate to be a part of it. Exactly. And Ben and uh, Kevin just posted yesterday too, that like number three was the number one selling comic book in the world yet last yeah. week too. And um, it's funny to do, to see a comic book like The Last Ronin and be so successful and it's only going to be a five, five part issue. I've always like laugh about that thing. Like it can tell like IDW and some of these places are going crap. Why wasn't this a longer series? We could make it more <laughs> comic books, but I'm sure something will come from the future of that comic book and stuff like that. But did that, does that help with notoriety for you at all? Or does that help with future projects? How does that work? Is it just something cool to do? You put on your resume that you've done a cover for something like that, or is that something that helps for progress your career? Um, kind of both. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it was just something that I, a personal milestone, like I just, I wanted to be able to do something for a franchise that has influenced me since I was like mm -hmm. six years old. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the after effect of a little bit of notoriety coming through has, has been nice. Um, it's, it's helped me get, you know, more work. Um, I just got uh, a cover for Beyond the Breach, which will be coming out in July. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, very much helped my my notoriety because I, I don't do a whole lot of public appearances because I, I don't travel a whole lot, uh, especially this past year. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was really nice to have something uh, you know, not just a personal milestone, but like you know something to really hold up that year for me because you know like everybody, twenty twenty was a ball of crap. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And speaking of that, I mean just to, to, to you know touch on that too. This coming Saturday. Uh, Galactic Comics in Bangor, you'll be doing a, a meet yeah. and greet kind of thing. 
Uh, it's uh, you know a little different now during these times, like you had mentioned, because of COVID and so on. But uh, it's cool to see that even before some of these restrictions were starting to get lifted and so on, that you were willing to do something um, to make sure that you can get out there but do it safely. And as we talked about on the poster and things like that, you know, masks and all that stuff. But like, it's cool that you're actually able to get out there and see some people and do some things um, with people who who want to meet. Like I said, not just meet artists that are on comic books they like to read, but people from the area. It's pretty cool for people to to see that stuff too. So Galactic Comics on Saturday uh, is going to be pretty fun uh, and exciting. So are you bringing some things too to like uh, sell and stuff like that as well? Or Yeah. Um, at the moment, I don't have any uh, Ronin covers that uh, left to sell, but I do have some uh, <laughs> some Black Friday <laughs> um, and some uh, Good Boy Paws previews, mm -hmm. uh, some Night is Falling covers, um, and I'll be you know open for a couple of commissions things like that, I'll bring prints and, and stickers in the whole nine yards and just really mostly excited to get out of the house and, and see like-minded people and chill and just talk comics again. And it's intimidating, but it's yeah. also very relieving. So I'm very excited. <laughs> the small shop things are the kind of things that I always like to, because it feels so intimate. It feels so much more like you're actually meeting someone. Um, <laughs> my tattoo artist, Jay Cochran, um, tells a story about when he, yeah. when he met uh, Stan Lee and it was like one of the coolest things for him in his entire life was meeting Stan Lee but like the it was like shuffling through like a conveyor belt kind of thing where it was like you'd swing in behind Stan Lee they take a quick photo of you and then they'd shuffle you out of the way the next person would come and it's like I oh, met well. Stan Lee but like it's <laughs> like but I did I really meet Stan Lee it's like uh when we were younger playing band playing in bands and playing with artists that are like you play this like small little generator stage <laughs> playing the same show as ZZ Top or whatever, we're like, oh, I played with ZZ Top. It's like, well, no, you played the same show as ZZ Top. You didn't play with them. Same no, thing I was like, I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I met Stan Lee, but really, did he meet Stan Lee? He just kind of like took a picture with him. The small <laughs> mom and pop shops like Paul's Shop and Galactic Comics in Bangor. That's really cool because you get to actually meet someone, have a conversation that's longer than thirty seconds if you wanted to. Uh, yeah. Your cool stories about how people know you or or, or like your art or those kind of things. I've always appreciated those small um, shop experiences over the bigger um, con. Not that con experiences are bad, <laughs> but like just in general, the small like individual events are kind of cool. Oh, I totally agree. Um, especially getting back into doing events mm -hmm. too. It, it's going to be really nice to start small. Um, I haven't done very many large conventions, but I, I tend to stick to the smaller local ones. And yeah, the smaller, the more intimate the space, the, the more comfortable I feel. You know, and I don't, so let's back up a little bit here too. I don't want to go too far ahead too, too fast, but um, how did you get into artwork? How did you, so you, do you call yourself an artist, a comic book creator, a, a, a writer, were you <laughs> everything, whatever you want to do? Uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, I, I don't know. I got into art because it just kind of came naturally as a kid. Um, my mom was an artist and she was very encouraging and it was something that just kind of kept going throughout my life. Um, Coincidentally enough, I um, learned, how, you know, like character form and um, just general understanding of uh, posture by, like, I think I was like seven years old, like tracing old Ninja Turtles puzzles and stuff like that, and just kind of learning what a finished piece might look like when I someday have the skill to to actually do this, and and just like like most people starting drawing, I imagine, um, and it just kind of kept going, and um, eventually about like ten years ago, I was decided it'd be really nice if I could go full bore into this and um, 
so far it's been a really great ride. <laughs> <laughs> and you've uh, you've launched some Kickstarter, a Kickstarter, a couple of Kickstarters. Uh, uh, just Kickstarters. the one. Um, I was part of one for a, a book called Summer of '74 that I illustrated um, in 2019, and I uh, recently, or I guess not really recent, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> time's kind in of the scale of time right now yeah <laughs> uh, almost literally a year ago um <laughs> i launched uh kickstarter for my own creator own comic called good boy pause okay and uh, just talk about a little bit about good boy good boy pause what's that all about it's um it's a story about a um recently abandoned uh an amnesiac helper dog learning about what he is and what he was actually meant for um, so the, the first issue of this story just kind of tells uh, a little bit about the character himself, some of his peripheral uh, <laughs> comrades, and uh, um, yeah, it's just sort of a lighthearted romp introduction to the, this world that I'm trying to create. I've been working on it for about five or six years, and finally last year, it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to do this, and I'm just going to do issue at a time and just see where it goes. And it's been so far so you've been you've been having fun doing it i'm guessing obviously <laughs> very much yeah um just recently got back into doing it because you know, again this past year was just so insane that uh it was impossible to focus on anything uh for a good majority of the time other than just you know base survival <laughs> um so i've recently gotten back to this project and it's very reinvigorating it's it feels really good to finally be at this point and uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to to be able to bring it to completion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and do you um, do you think that you'd like to start continuing doing like Kickstarter or, or create our own things? Or are you like, you know, as we're younger and everyone of us who like gets into comic books or as artists and things like that, you know, hear stories over and over again. I've talked to um, you know a couple artists from me, and, you know, Ben and uh, those guys, Ben Bishop, about how sending your stuff in. To art like marvel and all these places trying to get a job um that was the way that you always used to have to do it like it wasn't like you could create your own comic book very easily um, yeah. but you think in the future in the long run you just want to create your own comic books and keep going with that or would you like to get some sort of job uh with an actual issue that someone else created that you actually just did the artwork for hmm um i'd like both. to continue <laughs> with the, i mean a little bit of both honestly i'd like to yeah. To continue with the creator on stuff because uh, this is just the the first chapter of what I'm hoping will be a ten chapter story. Okay, uh, I do want to continue with that. And, you know, um, there are fun stories to tell. I'd I'd like to to really keep on a roll with that. As far as working for others, um, it, it all depends on the story. Honestly, um, I, I don't have a, a particular affinity for any certain publishing house. Mm -hmm. um, I've become a big fan of, of Image and IDW for their, um, you know, ability to, to keep and maintain these independent properties that just turn out to be incredible, incredible. <laughs> that a lot of people may not have given a chance. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, yeah, it just, it just comes down to the story. And if the story speaks to me, I'd be very happy to illustrate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Turn away words. <laughs> for different people you're, for sure <laughs> you're not you're not in the position none of us are really in the position just to be like nah i'm all set i'm, I'm gonna move on from that thing and, you know right now. <laughs> take it no, i'm not gonna um, turn down i'm not gonna turn down work <laughs> yeah, so exactly so i mean it's but do you see i mean do you, do you think you have more fun doing create your own because it's your own project or do you think it's like Definitely, yeah do you stay focused pretty easily on something that you create or is it something that like <laughs> um 
No. No, because I'm the only one holding myself responsible for it. Yeah. I um, it tends to get away from me more and. Uh, unless I have somebody that I'm working for who's like, we need this by this time. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I got that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel the same way, yeah. do enjoy working on my own stuff, but I am a, a terrible boss. <laughs> it, it, I'm exactly the same way. So I do, uh, I work daily, my day job is for Warner Brewing Company and I do their can labels as well as oh, nice. a general, general manager there. But like, so it is one of those same things that like when they want me to create a can label for a specific beer, I'm like, it's like, I can bang it out and get it all perfect exactly the way I wanted to. But then they're like, Hey, how about you create this label? And it's like three weeks later, like, how's it going? And I'm like, I'm still working on the actual basis of the idea of what I want it to look like. And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, it's still tooling around in my head. I got it. I sketched out on the iPad a little bit, but like, I'll get to it. And they're like, Oh, we need like, that's being canned in a couple of weeks. I'm like, Oh, I should probably actually finish that label then, huh? But when they're like, this is the way we want it to look like, this is the colors we want. This is the font we want. Then I'm like, okay, I can make this happen. I can tweak some yeah. things here and there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely better with, with listening to someone else's deadlines than I am my own deadlines. Um, but I do have a little bit more pride and a little bit more fun, I think, when it's your own creation from the beginning. I mean, so there is those benefits. Yeah. I can see both sides of those things. But yeah, I'm not a very good timeline person either. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's fun, uh, you know, being an artist. I, I, I can kind of relate back to your saying you're doing those uh, tracing uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles things because uh, I think that's how I started getting back into drawing was uh, the invention of the iPad and the ability to pull a pull a drawing of some sorts into uh, you know procreate make the opacity down a little bit so that you can draw over on another layer and yeah. get the style in and figure how you like the how that works how a finished piece would look like and then you can pull that off and do it on your own and maybe even still have it behind it so that if you get lost where you are you can go in there and create your, so you can get your own drawing down. Uh, because yeah. I drew a long time ago, but then got away from it when I was doing more graphic design. Uh, mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to get back into um, the ease of drawing because I can do it all digitally. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's so much better. <laughs> I, yeah, I am a big fan of digital illustration at this point, especially because of the lack of uh, wasted materials. Yes. That's, one of, that's always been one of the most restrictive elements of art is the cost of materials and the fact that they aren't infinite. Mm -mm. But now we have, yeah. <laughs> you know, digital drawing boards and, and, and apps like Procreate that just lend themselves so perfectly. Yes. It makes it easy for artists. I mean, Procreate's free. Like, that's the craziest part about it, how great a program like Procreate, or not free, but it's cheap, I should say. Sorry. It's like 10 bucks or something like that. And it's, it's, yeah. it's basically free for what you get out of it. Like, if you think about the scale of how much it costs for what you actually get out of it, it's basically like, you know, okay, don't buy a couple of copies that way. You can buy a new app. Um, and, but do you do mostly digital all the way, or do you sketch some on paper? Do you, how do you, how do you work your, when you're doing your artwork, do you do it basically all digitally or? Uh, it depends on the projects. Um, for like covers, a lot of digital, simply, um, in the initial design process, mm -hmm. so that I can tool around with a lot of concepts. Um, I'm not the best at color. <laughs> Um, I tend to spend way too much time just getting lost in all the possibilities and variables. So there's like one detraction to the, the digital yeah. element, um, but it does help a great deal in the creation of a piece and getting it just so, so that I can get the angle right or the lighting right. Um, but 
similarly for covers, I'll always end up doing traditional pencils and traditional inks that I'll scan back in. And then, you know, if I'm the one coloring it, I'll spend a billion years doing it or I'll, <laughs> I'll pass that off to someone way more adept. <laughs> But I mean, I know it's cool. One of the things I see when you see some of these people use those procreate videos uh, to do their video, like to like put on their Instagram or something like that. Like how they, it, it's so much better to make a figure or a person do the action you want them to do, um, because on pencil and paper you're like basically trying to erase and redraw it. Whereas in procreate you can like select the whole thing and like move the arm and like, yes. you, like it's like <laughs> it makes it so you can actually like oh that guy's arm is not really where I want it to be. Um, but if you just go oh now it's where I want it to be and it took me thirty seconds you know, erase a little bit, edit here, and we're good. We don't have to redraw the whole thing. Um, so I've seen that be a wicked good tool, but I can also see it like making you a worse artist in the long run because <laughs> you won't, <laughs> be, you know, you won't take as much time to try to draw um, because, you know, if you make a mistake, you'll have to draw it again. Uh, I see some sure. people maybe getting some like, you know, resting in their laurels a little bit using digital, but it's in insane how amazing digital art can be nowadays though. It's insane. Uh, yeah. And how you can just buy an iPad and, and you can have all that at your fingertips for you know, not a lot of money. Yeah, uh, I used to do a lot of um, like surreal painting and you know, microcosmic sort of a painting and being able to just kind of mess around with elements of that in Photoshop and things like that when I'm trying to work on a cover is just an element that I, I can't typically bring with a pencil and some ink. I feel way more comfortable with, you know, a can of spray paint and, you know, a, a lot of room to be messy. Yeah. But I don't have to worry about that now on <laughs> my computer and not even have to worry about, you know, whether the canvas is, you know, 100% or damaged or <laughs> it's like, it's, it's all it's, contained. I really appreciate it. And, and it's portable. And that's the other part I will say about <laughs> it, you know, not to, to like to gripe on or to, to talk about uh, iPads too much, but like I went on my honeymoon or I should say mini moon. We were supposed to go to Arizona, but because of the pandemic, mm. uh, we, were, we were stuck in, in, in Maine. Uh, and so my, my, the owners of Warner Brewing Company own a condo out at Sugarloaf. So we went to Sugarloaf for the week uh, in the summertime, which is really cool because not very many people go to Sugarloaf in the summertime, but it was really cool to see waterfalls and all these different things. Excuse me. But my wife and I, we sat in the stream with our feet in the water and watched the water go by and stuff like that. And I had my iPad and I was able to draw and sketch for fun, just, you know, <laughs> killing time on the iPad really quickly without having to bring like a package with pencils in it and a board and extra paper or pads yeah. or whatever. It was literally one device that I could be like, okay, I'm done drawing. I'm going to read. <laughs> you just go to the next thing or I'm done <laughs> drawing. I'm going to play a game. It's like all on the same thing. Uh, and then I could put it in my backpack and go back to the, to the condo and not have to worry about, again, paper, pencil, pens, all those things to, to actually do physical art. Um, the portability of it, it's amazing. I can be anywhere and draw, which is awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Because <laughs> uh, you can get your timeline done better. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's I, I have a tendency to be very distractible, especially when it's warm out. Um, so at least now I can like set up a hammock somewhere and still get work done instead yep. of just, you know, like, oh, it's too hot to exist. I have to go outside and, you know, forgo work. <laughs> but now now I, I can bring it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no excuses anymore, Bob. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I guess the, I guess the downsides of things like that is there's is there much original artwork anymore? I mean, like, because I know some people like I know for an example, some of the artists that I follow online they do a lot of digital, but then they'll like put a piece of paper over the screen, and they'll actually get the whole out, like the outline of what they did on the digital, and so they can oh, actually yeah. put it on paper and pen. Um, so that they they have an original piece of artwork because 
you know, yeah. there are probably some of these covers of the 75 covers of the, the last Ronin that were out there that probably never actually made it on paper. Probably was done mostly digital. Yeah, I mean, is there, you know, when, you, when you submit a cover to say IDW for this, for that thing, do you just submit the actual paper or do you actually submit like a PDF file? Uh, just the, the finished file. Okay. Um, I'm still learning what size and what yeah. file type is preferable for printing. And it, kind of, it seems to depend on who's doing it, but yeah. Um, yeah, typically you just send a, a compressed, uh, finished file that's got the color lines, everything yeah. nice and ready to go. And then I guess they just drop the title in and the credits around it and, and it's good to go. <laughs> that's, it's such craziness about, again, the future of how to do these things. You have to usually, you start like mail freaking pages into people and all that stuff. Now <laughs> they can so do things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it's still fun. I, I, it's fascinating to me, the comic book industry and how far it's come over the years. Um, even since when I was younger, uh, reading comic books to what it is now, um, to know that I know now and talk to multiple people on this podcast that are comic book artists or creators um, that make a living at it, if you say, like they actually make some money doing it. Whereas like there's other people who over the years have been like, oh yeah, I'm a comic book artist, but I'm also um, a full-time lawyer or, uh, you know, I have to pay the bills by this whole thing, but actually having karma books that could have 75 covers because a bunch of different comic book stores want their own variants and stuff like that. It's, it's fascinating as hell to see how this industry has come over the years. It really is. It's, it's grown incredibly, especially over the past what, 20 or mm -hmm. 25, basically since, uh, when did Blade come out? Yeah. <laughs> basically like, I feel like it revamped the the comic industry um incredibly in, in putting it into perspective your your comic books um that come out featuring a dog it's not always have to be about superheroes either and that's what you know a lot of the really good comic books that are out there now are uh are horror based like you mentioned one of your titles or um just um you know my wife loves the post-apocalyptic stuff yeah. um and those kind of ones you have you know ones that are borderline superhero borderline not but it's a bunch of good titles that have come out over the past you know uh, i don't know five years that are non-superhero based which people a lot of times when i mention i love comic books they're always like oh spider-man superman yeah. you know, batman it's like no there's other artwork out there that are not just superheroes um and forever will be one of my favorite comic books of all time is the walking dead not superhero based at all yeah. it's very well done very well written in my opinion artwork's great um, and has nothing to do with superheroes. So, you know, there is comic books that are not based on, uh, you know, action figures of superheroes or things like that. It's actually based on cool stories that you could read in a book, but are also illustrated, which is pretty badass. Absolutely. Yeah, That's Walking Dead is fantastic. I, to this day, <laughs> I mean, when I was talking to someone the other day about my favorite artists, or sorry, my favorite writers, and I still think that Robert Kirkman on that story, there's one of the few comic books that I read again over, over this COVID pandemic, I read it again over and over again, having the little, uh, you know, the graphic novels of the trade paperbacks um, that I would, didn't want to put down. It's like, there's definitely some artwork or art, not artwork, um, writers who, um, or, or say Marvel, I'll give Marvel for an example. Marvel will, um, you know, have a 60 issue run without two writers between the whole thing. You can tell when it switched writers from one to another yeah, um, or whatever. But Kirkman on that book, I just, I don't know, like something about it I could read straight through 
every issue didn't want to put it down and was just like, oh my gosh, I want to even seeing the TV show multiple times and reading it already yeah. multiple times. Like, I know what the hell is going to happen, but there's something to do. <laughs> not wanting to. So I had to stop reading it before bed because I wouldn't go to bed. I just continue reading. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to read the comic books that have really hard and struggled to get through. So then I'm like, okay, <laughs> God, I got to go to bed. Todd McFarlane would be one of those. I, Todd McFarlane's one of my favorite artists of all time, but man, he cannot write. I'm sorry. I love that dude to death, but that guy, ugh. He cannot write. I cannot stand reading it. I, I love Spawn. I can't stand reading it. <laughs> That's fair. Some titles that are really, really renowned for their art and some that are really <laughs> renowned for their storytelling. And honestly, I really, really admire people who can do both. Both it's really like, well. <laughs> I can play an instrument and sing at the same time. It's just like, you can write and draw really well? What? <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it, but I also... There's a, it's hard to do. It really is hard to do. And I would never, I don't think we, my wife and I were trying to talk, talk about doing our own at some point. Um, she has art, art ability, drawing ability as well as I do, but we both you know, can write and we thought about doing one eventually and, and so on. And, but it's like, yeah, it's a, one of those, it's a big, big uh, undertaking to do both. Um, but it seems like nowadays it's like you kind of are um, falling behind if you can't do both, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like if you can't do both, you can't create your own comic book, then uh, then you're kind of behind the horse and, and you should be uh, catching up here. Cause even if you can only do it semi-well, like if you can do, okay, I can get a storyline out there. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then I can do the artwork, <laughs> but if you can't do one or the other, it sounds like it's a little harder to get a job right now, um, no matter where you are. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not hard for anybody to get a job right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what's the horror book you were talking, you had messaged me about? Oh, um, yeah, I just did a, a cover for a book called Beyond the Breach. Okay, that's um, it was, yeah. Yeah, and it comes out in July, I believe, through Aftershock Comics. Okay. And yeah, yeah the storyline is just, it's so, so awesome that it seems uh, pretty expansive. Like, I don't know how long they are planning to run the series, but it seems like it could go for a good while, and the storyline is solid. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's definitely like a solid creature story. Um, I am a huge fan of creature design in movies and comics and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Doesn't matter what, if it's a weird creature, I'm into it. Um, and this book is full. <laughs> so it's uh, basically a story of like a rift that opens interdimensionally. And then all of a sudden, human inhabitants wake up in a, an oddly terraformed world and just got to figure out what the hell is going on. But yeah, they, the creature design is what drew me in, so uh, uh, I'm very happy with the, the cover that I came up with. I uh, had Simon go cover, uh, color it. Okay. Was, uh, really interesting experience. Haven't had anybody uh, color anything that I've inked before, so it was really cool getting to work with somebody on like their own perspective on mm -hmm. like playing stuff. And I love his work that he's done, so that's why I, I reached out to him and. Holy crap, he delivered. I really can't wait to share the cover with everybody. Like, I can't show anything yet. I'm um, still waiting yeah. for, for the go ahead, but oh, I'm very happy with how it came out. <laughs> I mean, how does that work with something like I know, like, the, the last Ronin thing is you knew how you knew what a turtle looked like, you knew what a ninja turtle looked like. You do mm -hmm. your own version of that, basically. With a book like that, do they give you some sort of idea of what this Because I mean, this is the first issue, right? So they don't know what you're supposed to do you're not you can't take it and completely run with it right you have an idea you have to stick with uh, yeah with what they wanted to how does that work do they send you some like sketches of what it should look like or uh well so what i got was like the first 10 pages or so okay um so it gives enough of the storyline uh 
a little bit of the dialogue and a really clear idea of what the art is going to look like. So I got a, a sense of, you know, what the creatures, you know, all of them look like in great detail. And that's what stuck out to me. I tried to focus on those on the cover, uh, came up with a couple of roughs and the, the one they picked happens to showcase a, a good deal of the different creatures. Um, so again, very, very happy to just get to draw weird, crazy creatures. It's stuff. Awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. And it's cool. Cause like, you know, it's awesome about like cover uh, variant cover artists, um, uh, or guest artists, or, uh, if you do a flashback or something like that in a size, in a book, it's cool to see how some people's art takes it differently. Like you can definitely tell, um, from the cover to the inside that it's a different artist. Um, yeah. but it's either you're not like completely going crazy with it at least just your version of what, it, what it's supposed to look like and i yeah. love that aspect when you look at the cover and you're like oh that was definitely done by someone else they're both good um but this was definitely done by someone else you read the inside panels and you're like that was someone else who did that one um yeah it's one of my favorite things about variant covers now which is a humongous thing in this world um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the number of times where i'm like oh only 10 issues of a book came out this week and it's like well why is there 35 covers out right now and they're like yeah because each one of them has three covers and i'm like jeez you know one per store or not one per store one um ones are only for each store you know i bought in a couple of one-stop shop ones um yeah you know definitely and i just ordered one from schmalky's um i didn't know he did a crossover cover uh too, oh, yeah. until i talked to him and i was like i really like crossover Cro crossover is the one that's been 100 ish 100 covers that's what it was. Oh, Crossover had a hundred covers, uh, uh, variant covers, one hundred issues, one like that sucks for people <laughs> who are completionists for sure. <laughs> I need every cover of this album. Oh, I can <laughs> yeah, imagine. I take that. a loan out just to get the covers, but yeah, um, that's pretty sweet. So, um, you're gonna be at Paul's. We talked about that quickly. I don't, want, I don't want to take too much. It's Memorial Day. Uh, Bob was nice enough to come out on Memorial Day. Not that. Again, there's a crazy amount of things to do. Yes, there's a crazy amount of things to do now. I do have a baby now, but um, I have time to. He's sleeping right now. Um, nice. The uh, but yeah, so you'll be at Paul's on on Hammond Street in Bangor on Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday the fifth. Yes. Yes. Fifth. Um, yeah. I think From it's ten, 10, 10, 10 to five. Uh, whatever his hours are, I think you're going to be there from basically when he opens to when he closes, right around there. Yeah. Um, and you're doing that with also with the Bangor Comic and Toy Con. Are you coming to Bangor Comic and Toy Con in, in October? Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I've got a few events scheduled for the year so far. Um, doing Granite Con in yeah. Manchester in the fall and Bangor uh, Comic and Toy also in the fall. Yeah, um, October, yeah. There's something else that I can't remember at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you've lost track of time again the whole 2020 has thrown us all off we don't know what this what, what's scheduling an event that's weird i had a really I, terrible concept of time before all of this happened and it just exacerbated that <laughs> it definitely did because there'd be days like when we were working from home where it was like what day is today my wife was like it's tuesday i'm like i thought it was friday i don't know what the hell's going on right now but yeah, it's the amount of time in 2020 into 2021 now that's been throwing it us off. And for people who have a bad concept of time already, I can't imagine how uh, how hard that would be. But uh, yeah, so I'm on Saturday, a lot more notes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, digital devices, man. That's what's so good about iPads. And stuff. Um, True. <laughs> Saturday in Bangor, um, come come meet Bob. Uh, say hi, right? I mean, tell us a story about how you became an artist and, and yeah. why you like art, why you like comic books, um, you know, and so on, and get something signed. Uh, buy some of his stuff for sure. And um, all, if you miss him on Saturday, come to Comic-Con uh, in Bangor on 
uh, October of, first weekend in October, and I forget I always get the day of it, but it's first. So like it's the first and second, maybe somewhere around there. First, second, second, third, first through third. I don't know. It's at the Bangor Mall, which is awesome to me. Oh yeah, it's the, it's the craziest thing ever that we're doing at the mall because when is the last time you ever went and hung out at the mall? <laughs> like just That's the idea that they, I don't think I've been <laughs> at the mall. Like the first time I was at the mall. I'm, three years was to talk with Jay and Will about the Comic-Con. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, but yeah, having the at the mall is pretty cool. And the, the main guests they have are like uh, Jason Mewes and the guys from Clerks. Um, yeah. And so it's laughing. I made it laugh too because it's like, okay, mall rats guys too. Like this is all, this is all coming together pretty it's so well. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, I'm glad cons are happening again. I'm glad these things like there's, I'm glad the world's getting what somewhat back to normal again. Um, but mm. for nerds like myself and for artists like you and writers like you, cons is a big thing for all you. And, and uh, as really? you can tell, some of these artists, um, the first time I ever met Jim Steranko in his advanced age, he, I was like, why are you still doing cons? It's like, dude, I don't get paid. I don't, I don't, there's no royalties anymore. There's no, there was oh. no retirement. <laughs> the Marvel didn't give me like, you know, if he was 1099, he was a contracted employee. So he's like, I got to work for my money now. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of sense. So cons not happening for a year um, can make sense how some of these people might have uh, uh, suffered financially. And so um, if you go to a Comic-Con this year, definitely pick up some people's artwork. You guys all work hard. We, we, we really appreciate um, the hard work. Keeps us in mind. We love, we love all of us <laughs> comic book fans. Uh, keeps us wanting more for sure uh, when you have cool variant covers and, and different things coming out for sure. So you said you're bad on, on uh, you don't have a website, do you? Uh, let's see. I've got a, a big cartel for the comics okay, okay. that I do have available. And it's just tachikcomics.com slash big cartel. Okay. Um, and I have a very uh poorly updated and managed website that's nerduckcreations.wixsite.com and then you have uh, social media you're on instagram instagram is where it's at right follow your yeah that's pretty much the, that's where any where i get any digital attention to it's yeah. just like I, I don't have the capacity to to uh, promote myself very well so luckily there is something like instagram where i can just be like oh crap all right i gotta upload something here we go done <laughs> um yeah, people can see it. I don't have to worry about maintaining a website or updating yeah. things other than just here's the thing I drew today. <laughs> it's funny how you mentioned that because it's the same thing with a lot of people. We just launched a, a hard seltzer um, at Orno Brewing Company. We, we launched another company called Wild Main, uh, oh, okay. Wild Main Hard Seltzer. And we were talking as a marketing meeting. I was like, I, I, my baby was born two and a half weeks early. And so, um, I wasn't ready yet. So I was working on the last week or so. I was going to put some, a static website together. Um, just has the information where you can get our stuff, you know, linked to the Instagram, all that stuff. And I didn't get around to do it. And then I was gone for a week, 10 days. Um, we were in the hospital and so on. So I was like, I didn't get a chance to do it. And I was like, wait, why don't I just forward the website to the Instagram? Cause that's going to be the most updated and most regular thing. And like, there are certain things nowadays that you don't even need a website. Like if you yeah. had a web, like your big cartel, if you didn't even need to have a website, you just, go to your Instagram and be like, okay, you have, you know, there are other people who are overboard with it. Like, like I mentioned earlier, Ben Bishop's a little overboard with his, um, his websites and, and selling stuff online, <laughs> but you could always have that selling capability by a link through Instagram in your bio. You could just click on the thing and, and buy stuff. You don't have to have a website. Not everybody has to have a website, mm -hmm. but, um, but I guess if you get more covers and more comic books to do, maybe you do want a, a better website so that you can sell more stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, eventually, I imagine it'll probably be something I have to take on that take seriously at some point. But luckily for now, I can kind of get by with just a, a big cartel and uh, an Instagram because, yeah, mostly it's just like, all right, here's something I drew. Does anybody want it? And people will be like, fine. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It works exactly. out really well. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like I said, you made, it's also the instant thing where it's like, it's here it is. We post it on Instagram. If you want it, I'll sell it to you. If you, you know, and it's gone when it's gone. Yeah. Um, it has, it has people, forces people to buy it quicker too, actually, uh, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, follow it. yes, it is. It, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree with you on that one. It is more like almost like you're selling it on Facebook marketplace. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like I've definitely made <laughs> friends with people just through talking about, um, setting up a commission or something. Yeah. And it, it's not something that I feel would naturally happen through an anonymous or, you know, removed yeah. order from a website where it's just like, all right, yeah, I could like hit the contact button and send this person an email. Um, uh, if you're going to talk to me over, you know, Instagram messenger yeah. or something, we're going to get to actually chat. And I'm like, that's, that's way cooler than, it's, than a website, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it, it's definitely something I've seen with artists and creators now more regularly too, which is like that people will reach out like, there's comic book creators or comic book people that I've reached out to uh, over the years, and they they'll, just, like, they'll have conversations that with you via, via Instagram Messenger or Facebook yeah. Messenger, um, which is pretty awesome because um, it used to be like these mystical creatures that were, were in an <laughs> yeah. office in somewhere in New York City who created your comic books. Now they're all like in your backyard, and you can talk to them online. Um, yeah, very accessible. <laughs> yes, and you get to accessibleness is going to be even higher when you go to Galactic Comics on Saturday. And uh, yeah. people and hanging out and stuff like that. So if you're going to be um, in the area or you want to reach out, reach out to, to Bob online. If you're going to be there, uh, if you have any questions or um, he's going to bring some stuff. So buy some stuff from him. But if you already own some things from uh, Bob, bring those in. Yeah, bring them out, sign them too. Sign them for him, take a photos, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, Signatures are always free. Yes. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> that was my favorite thing when I met uh, George Perez. Um, he, I think I paid like 40 bucks. For him to sketch Thanos for me, this is oh, this is gonna be oh, seven man. or eight years ago, um, and he signed whatever comic books you had you brought with you. It was basically like if you bought one yeah. thing from his thing, obviously at a minimum uh, guarantee to make and all that stuff there. Um, but he's like, yeah, forty bucks for the sketch. He'll take a he took a photo with me, the sketch, and signed like ten comic books for me um, for all that same thing. It was like so that's my favorite. Yeah. So I have a couple of these. Like buy one thing. And I'll sign whatever kind of thing. So, um, which is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, so again, Comic Cons, man. It's where you get to have the cool, fun stuff. Like it's just <laughs> meeting people and, and, and getting to know your idols and the people you look up to is pretty cool, uh, for sure. But yeah, cool. I mean, I, I had fun talking and learning a little bit more about you. We'll, we'll have to get you back on too. I want to do an episode one time with like a bunch of different artists um, from Maine um, yeah. talking and just doing a couple of cool things. Uh, I've talked to uh, Schmalky, I talked to uh, you, and I talked to Ben before. Um, oh, yeah. ship. so um that'd be really cool to get you guys all on um and talk about just being artists in maine and, and doing those cool things like <laughs> keep making me happy with with uh, seeing different variant covers and stuff like that so um but yeah check out bob on instagram of course see him on saturday at galactic comics in bangor or if you're not gonna be able to round in bangor he'll be at um bangor comic-con in october uh if you're in southern maine or or, or new hampshire area uh it's a granite con is also happening um down there as well or just reach out to him on Instagram. Maybe he'll set up a commission. You know, yeah. artwork for him without having to meet him. Without having to meet you. <laughs> uh, but I really appreciate you coming on, man. Is there anything else you want to promote or talk about? Uh, nothing no? I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, the 
Yeah, the Beyond the Breach cover will be out in July. Yep. Keep an eye out for go. that. Uh, Good Boy Paws is getting completed. It did take a little bit of extra time than I initially planned, but it's going to be completed and hopefully ready by the end of summer. So you did a Kickstarter for Good Boy Paws or no? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so Sorry, I, I lost track of something there. Um, we have issues available as well for people who didn't join the Kickstarter or only for people who had the Kickstarter. Um, I will have issues available once it's printed up because okay. the Kickstarter was to get enough to obviously, uh, you know, save the backers, but yeah. also to have plenty extra to bring to conventions and okay, cool. shops and uh, maybe, you know, send to some publishing houses or yeah. whatnot. But um, yeah, there'll be plenty of copies of issue one. And actually I'll have a few of the remaining um, handmade preview copies available on the fifth. Um, nice. They are roughs. <laughs> but I was like that because I it's one of those things that I've, I've found out about artists or found out about people or things post um, Kickstarter mm -hmm. like after their Kickstarter ended and closed and I wasn't able to support or back them and I'm always like sometimes I've heard people like oh we, it was only for Kickstarter we have a couple of like these other things that we can do and I'm just like well I kind of missed out on the original thing and it made me sad so having the ability to buy one afterwards is always a good thing uh, after Kickstarter closes so um, I'm excited to do that too so awesome Absolutely. Sweet man, thank you for coming on, and I, I'll I'll yeah. hopefully be able to see you on Saturday. I'm gonna hopefully swing by there on Saturday. It's right down the street from me, and that's where I get my comic book. So uh, we'll have to say hi and and and, uh, and all that stuff. So really appreciate you coming on, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, you too, Justin.